this this podcast. This is episode 105. Australist at gmail.com. Patreon, Twitter, Instagram as well. 105. That that reminds me of the gas price when we were uh, like in high school in Ohio. And think about that because I don't have a car, but I've heard that gas prices have gone down substantially lately. Um, yeah, I don't know either, but I do remember paying like, like around that price, like ninety nine cents sometimes, one oh two, that sort of rate. Yeah, yeah, that's what you could like just use some of the change in your your little change drawer in your car. The, ash- <clears throat> the ashtray you didn't use. Ashtray, yeah, <laughs> man. I definitely there were definitely times. Cause I was I was so broke back then. I was I would put in like seventy five cents worth of gas just for the day. Like yeah, yeah, I can get around on this. Be all right. Um. Okay, let's get into the much beloved segment, trifling in NYC. Uh, I understand you have you you have. Why don't you go first? I did. So um. I actually had sent it to you. I don't know if you went to one of these live outdoor comedy shows. Uh, right, yes. There's uh, some comedy production companies doing pop-up uh, live comedy, outdoor comedy shows, which you see, that's what yeah, you said, right? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. It's restating exactly what you said, yeah. Uh, but um, So I went to one in Fort Greene Park this past Tuesday. Um, okay. nice weather. They had like a decent setup. So, um, there is a set of stairs. Um, how did you come across this? You know, I think it it was on Instagram. I think it was just like on that explore page. I was trying to remember how I came across because sometimes I will just look at like some comedy stuff. Um, and so I came across it and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Hmm, let me see. I'll check it out, and it was it was a little annoying, honestly, because they're like DM us for the exact location, but from the pictures, hmm. it seems like it's in the same location every time. So I don't know they just like want you to DM and engage them because then they try to do the friend request and be friends with you after that, you know that I don't know, but maybe it's because there's like something against like large outdoor gatherings. Also, people aren't supposed to be gathering. Uh, yeah. If it's too big, you probably need some permits. Right. So that's why, as well, they're not like widely advertising where it is every night. Um, so they rotate, and I guess New York is interesting because it has these sort of um already created performance spaces in a lot of parks. Um, right. So the one in Fort Greene, it's like on the stairs leading up to that big monument, like the prison ship monument. I don't know if you remember that one. It's just like the big thing in the middle of the park, just about. Uh, yeah, that, wait, that's a prison ship? Yeah. What? Yeah, what? It's a prison ship monument. What ship? Prisoners what? were kept on a ship. Um, I don't remember which war it was, but it's like <laughs> in oh. remembrance of them. Huh. In Brooklyn, um, in the waters, or I guess yeah. off. 
I never knew it was called that. Yeah, isn't there some big like spire or yeah, something in the middle? That's of it? it. So it goes all the way okay. up. Um, so if you go down those stairs, it's like at the bottom of the stairs, and then I never noticed that there is like this raised, um, raised square like at the bottom of the stairs, which was actually um pretty cool because it's a, I guess like a natural performance space, but they weren't on that space. Um, they were just in front of that. Funny, funny enough, there was somebody that was going through his like workout routine in that square, and he did not seem to mind that anybody was there for something else. He was just it looked like he was doing like a MMA type of shadow boxing and push ups and sit ups and all types of stuff. But um, <laughs> anyway, so they have the setup down at the bottom. Hey, there, I was a little annoyed because they said start at eight thirty. We got there at like 8.15, 8.30, nothing happened, you know, kept waiting, 8.45, still nothing. There, I see some organizers down at the bottom talking with each other. People are, you know, more and more people are coming onto the steps, but people are staying pretty spaced out, wearing masks, so it's good. And then those stairs are, you know, people use those stairs to go up and down, you know, travel throughout the park. So people are curious. They're asking, like, what's this? Nobody asked me, luckily, so I didn't have to like give an explanation. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I will. Yeah, I will say, uh, with comedy shows, often they will tell you to show up about thirty minutes or so before the show starts. I don't know if this is where the story is it, going. It is exactly where it's going. So then, like eight eight forty five, yes. they eight forty five, they do like some sound check, which which gives me some hope. But after the sound check, still nothing. And then, <laughs> then it's like nine o'clock. But honestly, it looked like they were waiting for all of the comics to arrive. But even after the show started, there were still comics that were arriving. Um, huh. Yeah, that's I mean, that's another trope <laughs> of stand up comedy shows. I mean, usually it's it's more of a thing when comedy clubs are open and uh performers are coming they sometimes they'll book a, a number of different shows in one night and so they're they're bouncing right around. that would that, that um, makes sense but uh, yeah i can't imagine there's that many opportunities to, to perform right and then in like looking back on it as we were walking home like i i feel like they should have just started with whoever they had and it's like well you missed your spot you missed your spot like i'm sorry right. like you can perform later but like we tried to get started on time, but whatever. So that was my initial gripe. I wasn't terribly upset about it, but I was a little annoyed because it was still a Tuesday night and I had to go to work the next day. And like, if it's, it was like a 30 minute walk. So then I have to walk home and then go to sleep. So I really didn't want to stay later than like nine thirty ish, nine forty five ish anyway, you know? Very responsible. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so they get started finally, and it's like the host slash opener. He was fine, but the real comedy came in. So we're there, but next on the other side of a fence is the playground, and there were some people like hanging out on the playground. But as soon as the comedy show starts, then. <laughs> People in the playground start blasting music. Huh. And it's like, 
from like a Bluetooth speaker? Yeah, from a Bluetooth speaker. It's definitely a Bluetooth speaker because it would stop every now and then. And I was like, why is it stopping? Are they just messing around? But then I realized they were getting notifications, like text or some kind of <laughs> notification. <laughs> right. So they waited until the comedy show starts. Then they start blasting music. And, he, you know, like I, we had this text exchange yesterday. It was like songs I'm not into. It was like mm. <laughs> that, that new stuff. But so that was <laughs> <laughs> that new stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, fifty cents. Yeah, that? like you got in the club over there. <laughs> uh, so that was funny. So then, like, I, one bet, of the I guys, bet there was some pop smoke. There probably cool. was actually. Guy's huge. He got really popular. Um, yeah. So one of the guys in the crowd goes over and tries to tell them to be quiet, and they do like turn it down a little, and then it, the guy starts giving his act, and then they turn it back up. So then, like. It was <laughs> that. That's the main trifling. It was this little dance of them like slowing down the music or stopping the music, receiving notifications, and then jump amping it up. And the comics, they they tried to incorporate it into their act, but they, they weren't <laughs> very well. <laughs> it was like, were the so were the organizers the ones going to talk to the? Yeah, one of the organizers the went over and tried to talk to them, and they were like. It seemed like they were agreeable, but then he would walk away, and then they would just do what they wanted again. <laughs> were they dancing to it? No, they were just like sitting on playground equipment. Which, by the way, the playground's closed at dark, so they shouldn't have been on the playground equipment in the first place. But oh, uh, <laughs> very irresponsible. You know, contrast to your uh, going to bed at was ten fifteen. No, no, I was just trying to be home by then. <laughs> right. To go to sleep at like ten, what ten, like ten twenty, ten twenty five, like eleven ish, <laughs> ten 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 thirty, eleven. Uh, okay. But that that was it because they were playing music. And then you know what? Then I looked on their website and I saw like they've had even more like like a bystander interaction. Like at one of the bedside shows, there were like little kids dancing in the background, doing that floss dance, mm. and this <laughs> like. <laughs> I think that's like part of the comedy of the show. It's just like other okay. people coming in trying to disrupt it or just not caring and being <laughs> like, You're disrupting my quiet day in the park or whatever. Let me right. let me mess with you now. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the risky run. You do uh these uh pop up out- outdoor things. I mean it's tough for the organizers, certainly. Um I wonder if it's like, I mean, there are some out of the way spaces. Like I've been hearing about these raves that are happening, like under, under various bridges around the city that are sort of organized in a similar way. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw some of those, but these guys, you know, I liked it because they were telling you to sit, you know, they're like, if it's not someone you came with, stretch out your arms. If you can touch, you're too close. Try and get your own space. Make sure you're wearing your mask. They kind of right. went around. They did like a, a rough head count, but I, I don't know if that was for their for their own purposes of just wanting to know or whatever. But were the comedians wearing masks while they were performing? No, everyone for the most part like had a mask, but when they were performing, they took it off. And they was there a microphone they had? There was, and then. You know, I was curious about the, like the cleanliness of the microphone. It would it was getting wiped though in between, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. 
yeah, I don't know. I'll consider going to one of them. Yeah, the the one you sent was in the Lower East Side. Oh man, I am really stuffed up. This I, uh, allergies got I don't you. Know. Allergies. I don't know. I had some. There's a new Popeyes that opened in my neighborhood, so I, I went there last night too. A new Could one. That. Yeah, yeah hmm. right into Lancy Street. Um. So I'll chalk it up to that. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Wait, chalk it up to Popeyes. <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't. I don't. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> Um, also I had some wine last night and I think I may be allergic to, to wine. Um, yeah, wine, I remember you having issues drinking wine. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, good luck to them. Uh, it is pretty tough to, to be organizing these shows. Um, you know, obviously this is devastated, uh, uh, the live, live performance of any kind. All right, everyone knows that. No need to dwell. Yeah, but I did. Would you, I, I would you go the, again? I like the idea. Would you go I'm, again? I'm thinking about it. It seems pretty regular. Like the, I, I'd have to go back and check their, their page. But I think it looks like it's they have like a kind of a steady schedule. It's like Saturday Lower East Side, Tuesday Fort Green, then another day Bed Stuy, and it's just like sort of rotating around. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, for my trifling, uh, I was thinking of some things. Um, is uh, this thing really did really annoy me? So, and since we're our later segment is pretty movie heavy, uh, I think this is probably appropriate. So, I was watching the movie Collateral, uh, yesterday. Uh, this is a really excellent movie. I, I really like it. I've I think I watched it last year too. Um, just Tom Cruise, Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox was nominated in for an Oscar in two separate categories. Like he was nominated supporting an Oscar uh, for Collateral, which is a little weird because he seems like he's the lead in that movie. Yeah, I, I guess by any who are they calling the lead? Tom Cruise I think, in that movie? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was Tom Cruise. Uh, I think Tom Cruise might have been nominated. I don't know. But he was also nominated for lead role for Ray that same year, and he won, won for oh, Ray. Right, that was his like beast year, yeah. Yeah, that would have been wild if he won for both. Um, anyway, I was watching that, and uh, listeners, I should note that uh, this is also going to be a very spoiler, spoilerific episode as well, so... Uh, I'll try to put a list of movies that we're going to be talking about uh, in the show description, but we'll we'll get to that segment later, and I'll explain. But for this one, so towards the end of the movie, um, Tom Cruise is his character is a hitman. He's going after um, uh, fuck. This is a big spoiler, listeners. So you have been warned. Um, but at the end, he's he's a hitman. He's going after uh, Jada Pinkett's character, who is uh, sort of a love interest for Jamie Foxx's char- character. And Jamie Foxx knows this, but he's a, he's a little bit behind Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise got a head start. Um, Jada Pinkett's character is working in a law office, uh, and she's on a like a top floor. Uh, 
Jamie knows that Tom Cruise is in the building looking for her. She's just working late. There's no one else in the in on her floor. So Jamie Foxx has a cell cell phone. He calls her, and they have a conversation. He wants to warn her that uh, Tom Cruise's character is coming uh, to kill her. Right. So I wrote down the like some notes from the conversation that they had. <laughs> I was getting so frustrated because he's like, first of all, he's like, uh, I, I'm blanking on her name. We'll, we'll call her, um, uh, I don't know, Linda. Uh, so <laughs> he's uh, he called or Jada. Uh, no, let's go to Linda. Um, Linda. Esperanzo. Last name isn't important. Oh, anyway. wow. okay. <laughs> so this is the conversation. He says, uh, hello, uh, my name is Max. I'm the cab driver. I don't know if you remember me. Uh, I drove you around a little bit earlier. And so I'm like, what, dude? That is not crucial information. Right? Um... And then he says, there's this guy. His name is Vincent. He's coming to kill you again. There's a point like don't you don't need to tell her, like tell her the killer's name. And I, my point is like every second matters in the scenario. Okay, like that, that's fair. But I think the first part reintroducing himself would help establish like trust. Yeah, I mean, I guess your initial thought would be this is a prank. Right. Like, what would you do if some some random person that you met, like, say, say if you had an awkward experience with a cashier at a Dwayne Reed, and then that per that person later somehow finds your number, <laughs> calls you, and says, "There's someone coming to kill you in your office building." What would your first response be? I would say, "I don't believe you. What's wrong with you?" And then, like, "Wait, is it you? You coming to get me?" Oh, you would think it's because of what happened earlier, (laughs) (laughs) right? All I want is my points, man. That's all I was trying to say. You were asking for my points for all my purchases. You try to get your points. You were trying to ask for change too, even though you paid with a credit card. So you're just waiting for your change, looking at her, and then she's looking at you like, you know, what's up? You're like, can I get? You're like, can I get my change, please? Hello. A little aggressively, and then she's like, "Well, you paid with the." She credit points card. at that sign. It's like there's a coin shortage. Like I'm not giving you any coins. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, you paid with a credit card. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So your initial thought would be that that person is the one who's involved in some way. It would just be unbelievable to me. Yeah. So you so you would just hang up, and you you just die. You'd be killed. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, whatever. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, so this bye. this goes. The scene goes on a little bit. Like so, like it cuts to Tom Cruise looking around. He's trying to track down her name to get what floor she works on, etc. Like all this shit. And then it cuts back, and they're still on the phone. And she's asking all these questions, and then at some point, she's like, "Okay, okay, I'm leaving right now." She's on the phone still, and she's putting on her jacket, and then she has a like another little thing, like a little convo, and then she's still in her office, and she tries to call nine one one, and Tom Cruise cuts the power to the floor, I guess, and so the phone goes dead. I don't know. It was just a little frustrating. Like I'm, my, oh, 
you just gotta say, look, there's uh, this guy in a gray suit. He's coming to kill you. He's in the building. Run, basically. Yeah. Although, true. Perhaps true, that's true, not true. that helpful. I don't know. What do you think? I don't remember like all the details of that scene. Um, but I agree with him, like reintroducing himself because I. I because he did make a big deal in the cab. I remember it was like almost a little uncomfortable in the cab. Right. It's like, mm, like you're <laughs> take it easy, buddy. <laughs> and then he gets the number. I don't remember exactly how, but he was like, "Oh yeah, you're working. You know, give me a call and I'll give you a ride anywhere or something like that." Right? I don't remember. But uh, um, yeah, something like that. I think she gives him uh, her business card or something. That's so that's yeah, why he has it. it later he's able to call right. out his cell phone but it didn't need to be a right you're i agree it didn't need to be a prolonged conversation like hey this is you know jamie fox the cab driver remember we had the conversation anyway there's a guy in the building he's coming up he's trying to kill you get out now and then what if jamie fox could have called 911 he should have too yeah yeah he should have i i believe his the phone battery died on on the cell phone short like right okay, after the yeah, conversation I don't remember that exact yeah um but that would that would make sense yeah you're right though he didn't need to be like yeah there's a guy named vincent you know he looks kind of like yeah, tom cruise could, yeah he looks a lot tom like cruise. the famous actor tom cruise <laughs> um and he's got this big ass gun and he's already killed and he goes in to say like he references the case that she's working on um because tom cruise is killing witnesses for the, right to testify against this this big shot drug dealer i mean you know that that is not a terrible idea but it is maybe going for too long like hey he's knocking people off that are witnesses in the case and guess what you're working on the case so I think I think actually that is the what he tells her that finally convinces her that it's real. Um, but the thing is also if you're on the phone like that, you're in the, you're just in the centralized location. You know, if you're on your office phone, you know you're making it easier for him. Like she should be a lot more mobile. I mean, I get it; it's difficult because Jamie Foxx doesn't know exactly where he Tom Cruise is in the building throughout all this yeah um i mean look if someone's coming to kill you in an office your option you probably should call 911 but i mean she must have a cell phone at that at that point too um yeah if she's like a high-powered lawyer right she would have a cell phone so you think you want to be mobile i guess just get you basically just want to get to the elevator or the stairs get out of the building as quickly as if yeah you... i think i would go to the stairs that were like in the not the back of the building but not the ones by the elevator if that makes right. sense right uh yeah yeah she's on a pretty high floor so that's you know but then it's the hitman i don't know we could we could move on but wait wait one more point now you got me thinking about okay <laughs> but maybe he didn't like Honestly, she knows what case she's working on, and she knows like who she's prosecuting, who she's going after. She should already know that there's a threat, a certain threat level. Uh, yeah. I mean, all these killings happen over the course of one day, so right. But that, just... like, going into it, like, hey, this is a you know a big deal. Like people like this don't like people, don't like witnesses, they don't want to feel threatened. Right. You got them on the ropes. Like, 
it was, I think it would be just that constant threat of danger from the jump with a case like that. Yeah, but then to what end? So what does she do as a result of knowing that? That I don't know. But I think it would have, for me, if I was in her position, it would have made Jamie Foxx's um, oh, you know, okay. I see what phone call much more believable. Like, hey, they're coming to get you. Like, oh, shit, let me get yeah. out. Not like, come on, man, you're yeah. off, you're out of your rock. Yeah, right? you're you're, you're out of your rock. Uh, well, first I of all, it's off your rocker. Both, I said uh, you're out of your rocker, off of your mind. You're- man, <laughs> <laughs> just switched them up. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Popeyes, man, it's, it's got everyone all fucked up. I don't know if you went there yesterday, but um, I did not. I haven't been to Popeyes in a while. Right. Haven't done our fast food segment in a while. Oh yeah, that's oh that's right. I totally blanked on that. Okay, well maybe we could squeeze it in at the end. But let's move to the main main event segment for for this episode, episode one hundred and five. Fish us at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on there. Patreon. <laughs> uh, so I uh, still don't really have a title for for this segment. Um, uh, we'll call it, what do you think happened? Hmm? Okay. That's pretty good. We can, we can, we can get with that. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is, uh, this will be sort of a gamified segment, uh, between you and I, um, we'll start with, uh, movies. Basically we, we had a conversation earlier in the week to try to find a number of pretty well-known movies that you have seen and that I haven't seen and vice versa. And the game is the person who has not seen the movie has to guess at based on trailers, based on what they know about the movie, based about what they know about certain roles that the lead actors take to see if you can I correctly guess the main plot points and story beats uh, in the movie, including the ending. That's going to be the key part. If you can, you know, if you can identify a couple of the plot points, story beats, you know, that are close enough, cool. Um, but the really key point is going to be to get the ending right. Okay. Oh, got it. Do you have any questions? Let's see. No. Some might come up during the course of the game, but. Uh... All right. As of right now, no. All right. So welcome, listeners, one and all, to What Do You Think Happened? Mm, that was an interesting <laughs> take. I sense that you're not a fan of this <laughs> segment title. I, no, that, I, I don't know how I felt about that voice. Okay. <laughs> voice. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get right into it. Um, I'll, why don't we do one first uh, where you know what happened in the movie uh sorry a movie that you've seen and that i haven't um right. and we'll why don't we start with jurassic world all right now this is, this is sort of the reboot of the jurassic park franchise starring chris pratt about five years ago um so i have not seen this movie so but based on the trailer what i can remember from the trailers five years ago um I'm going to assume that Chris Pratt's character 
is and and see this this was the era and i guess we were still in it of nostalgia filmmaking where you know like star wars the force awakens a lot of the story beats are very similar to the earlier movie that it's uh, sort of a sequel of so i'm going to guess that the yeah. story beats do mimic the first jurassic park uh and i'm going to say chris pratt is very similar to the um uh, Sam Neill character, Doctor Alan Grant. Yes. Do I have that correct? Um. <clears throat> Although he, I know he works. So, he works sort for of. The he's more of. I would say he's like a mixture between Alan Grant and um that hunter slash trainer from the first one. Okay. Well, that guy dies pretty early. Right, but he's 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 got like the knowledge of Alan Grant. Plus, like the field know-how and like weapons and military stuff of the other guy. Okay. Um. So, and I think you know, I have I have seen portions of this movie where, but maybe less less than five minutes, where I've just been skipping around through the channels, and I may have just left it on uh, for a bit before it went to commercial break, you know, something like that. So. Uh, and I'm going to try to do this pretty quick, actually, because we have a bunch of movies to get through. Um, although I guess we can save some for, for next time. Anyway, um, I'm going to assume, and I'm going to try to be a little bit more detailed than the dinosaurs escape, shit, shit happens with the park, and Chris Pratt saves the day. Okay, fair. That's my, my broad, Is that does that seem accurate? Broadly, broadly, but no, it's it's. Wait, well, I mean, don't tell me were, what it is yet. Uh, I'm not gonna give you the. Okay, all right. All let right. me let me just. Okay, let me just try to get the ending. Maybe that this will be better. So we, as we sort of workshop this, um, the ending. I know Bryce Dallas Howard is in it. Yeah, I'm going to assume. I'm going to guess that she, and I know there's two kids in it. That are sort of that yes. are brothers. Yep. So I'm going to guess that the brothers are separated from their caregiver. We'll say it's their are they're there with their dad. You say the kids are there with their dad. They get separated. Bryce Dallas Howard finds them, and then Chris Pratt finds them, and he gets them out of the park. Uh. And then uh, he's pretty angry at everybody because <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. He's he's angry. I'm picturing him being angry a lot, uh, okay. just because of the people being irresponsible about safety. Because I know he's one of the dinosaur wranglers, yeah. so he's angry. And at the very end. I, I'm gonna say, did they kill all the? Di I'm gonna say they kill most of the dinosaurs, and he's involved with that, and he's sad about having to kill them. And I'll I'll leave it at that. So what? Is that okay? No. Oh. Um, I will say that you are correct in that it basically mirrors the first one. Um, in fact, I, when I looked um back on this. And did a little reading on it before here. It did say that it's meant to be a direct sequel to the first one. 
a direct um, sequel to the first one. Yeah, which I didn't realize. That's what it says, just, even though like the actual sequel seemed like a pretty direct sequel to me. But um, mm. um, this one even has, if you remember B.D. Wong's character from the first one, yes, that, that scientist. So he's in this one as well. Yes. And he reprises the same role just like creating fake dinosaurs. But this one, he comes up with this hybrid. Um, so in the end, yes, but actually it mirrors the first one almost exactly in that the T-Rex comes and saves the day again and battles this hybrid dinosaur. Um, and like the T-Rex like is like roaring at the end because it's won again. Well, what about? But this time, the T Rex is fighting alongside the Velociraptor, not fighting the Velociraptor. Okay. What about the kids being separated and Chris Pratt being mad? Did I get that right? Um, I mean, Chris Pratt is mad at various points, but not like like super mad. He gets mad at BD Wong's character because he's like, "Oh, you used these this DNA and that DNA, you know? (laughs) You used that? Oh my gosh!" Um, the kids were already separated from Bryce Dallas Howard, who is a relative of theirs. I don't remember her exact relation and maybe an aunt, Mm. not their mom though. And she is like an operations person at the park, like Mm. maybe the whole director of operations, but she has them, uh, lets them loose in the, not lets them loose, but like they're free to roam the park, but they do have a caretaker, which is her assistant. But that goes to shit because she loses them. So yes, kind of. Okay, but it's but just had the wrong care. You just had the wrong caretaker. Yeah, their parents are not there. They sent them on this okay. trip to go. And what about the majority of the dinosaurs dying? Does that happen? No, no. They get loose, and there's some good dinosaur carnage scenes. Hmm. Dinosaurs fucking people up. So most of the dinosaurs are alive at the end. So people just have to helicopter off the island or something yeah they they evacuate um and then they they go from there i don't rem i honestly don't remember how they if they just like kill the dinosaurs but the whole place you know it's just a giant dinosaur theme park again so they had some cool rides but um <laughs> i was honestly i would definitely go to this this jurassic park was so much better than the first one like this one looked real cool um it seems safer <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess the first one was pretty safe. I mean, just that guy just unlocked everything, turned off the electricity, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's move on. I mean, in the first one, it, like in Jurassic World, from what I understand, like the theme park's been, is it the opening day? Because there's a bunch of people. No, no, no. It's already been up. Op- it's on operational. So like it was, it was not opening day. It been, it been operating. Right. So it was just like something the boys were looking forward to going to as well. No, that's too. No, that's too bad. I know. And you know, like the little one was like real into the dinosaurs and like naming them. Like it, it's very, it, it very much mirrors the original. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's. Let's uh, let's bounce over to a movie that I've seen that you haven't. Um, why don't we go with let's do Iron Man three? <laughs> now a lot of these movies we uh, we s- sourced from <clears throat> uh, lists on Wikipedia of the highest grossing movies uh, of all time or of various years. Surprised to find that Iron Man three. 
It's made like 1.2 billion. Like very, very did very well considering how mediocre it is. But um, okay, why don't why don't you go ahead? Now I'm going to tell you something. Oh no, I no idea what this movie is about, <laughs> but I have seen the original. And when we were talking okay. about this, you were like, "Yeah, the 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 villain was Ben Kingsley," and I remember like the internet people being mad that like the villain wasn't badass enough, or, like okay, formidable enough against Iron Man. But I'm gonna say that it follows the same path as every other Iron Man movie. He comes out, does some cool stuff in the beginning, maybe kills a villain or something, and then like this guy, his name, I'm. His name is something with the word red in it. I'll call him Red Mask. So Red Mask um, <laughs> Red Mask sets up some nefarious scheme. Um, he starts it off. He does the scheme. Iron Man thinks he actually thwarts the, screen, thwarts the scheme. However, that small part was like just a piece of the bigger scheme. So in doing that, Iron Man is like enabling the larger scheme to, to take place. Hmm. <laughs> Red Hood. He's like Red Hood, right? Okay. Wasn't Red on. Hood? I'll, I'll wait until Batman? you finish. With is that a Batman villain? I'll wait until you finish with the anyway. before. <laughs> so, so that happens. Um, somewhere along the way, Iron Man like is down and out. He might lose some of his... like iron capabilities and then he has to use his brain to figure out some solution to get himself out of a jam gets himself out of this jam gets his iron suit back and you know defeats the enemy and then along the way there is some kind of like lieutenant or like second in command that he has to battle he's battled him earlier on at least once and either they fought to a draw or maybe the lieutenant kind of got the best of them but this final one iron man wins gets to the boss level and he (laughs) and he either defeats the boss not sure or the boss like loses but escapes but probably doesn't die um maybe at some point there is a roadie um you know that the the other Iron Man who has like the black Iron Man who has like the far worse suit, um, <laughs> like <laughs> right, like like at some point he's involved and he helps out and maybe like he sort of sacrifices himself a little bit and gets fucked up and you know so Iron Man can move on to the next level. Um, Pepper Potts is in there doing some clever stuff. Possibly, probably helps out a lot because she usually they, she usually does help out. Um, and then I, th- I think that's it. Samuel L. Jackson might make a cameo at some point and say something mean to Iron Man. <laughs> they have a, they have a, like a funny little back and forth, which is probably pretty good. And then uh, yeah, okay, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. You got some stuff right. And some stuff very wrong. Uh, stuff you got right. Very, very wrong. Stuff you got right. Uh, I'm going to try to remember everything you said. Uh, but him uh, losing his iron abilities, as you call them, uh, and having to do... Like, yeah, that's actually a big part. He His suit flies him sort of automatically to some random part of 
like I don't some random state like Arizona or something, um, and it crashes and he loses like it just stops working and he gets out of it and he, he's in this small town and he has to sort of improvise so he makes these improvised weapons so that was that was right, um, Pepper Potts having a big role again right she she is actually the one who kills the villain in the end so yeah you're right about her having a big role um oh wait is she wearing the suit i forgot she she wears the suit briefly uh and that's that's tony actually telling the ai system to to go on her because they're attacked by these helicopters and he wants to protect her so the suit automatically goes to her um, to, to help. Uh, I think there's a, like an explosion. Um, and Rhodey being involved. Uh, yeah, you were wrong about him having a crappier suit. He actually has an upgraded suit in this one. <laughs> oh, excuse me. It's like red, white, and blue. Um, now, the thing you, yeah that I found funniest was your insistence that the villain had the word red in his name. There's nothing like that. There's no red mask. There's no red hood. Red hood is a, is a DC Batman villain. Uh, there's no red involved. There's no red mask. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he just goes by his regular name, which is, uh, Killian. So it's guy Pierce's character is actually the real villain. You're you're right that there is an initial thing scheme that tony does manage to upset that doesn't then impact the main scheme that much but yeah no the main villain is killian he has this uh superpower that he sort of gives himself it's uh that uh, that sort of makes his body glow when he's using it and it basically just enhances his strength and and all Wait, that kind he of gives stuff. himself a superpower yeah, he develops this technology called Extremis that basically that he he had actually been testing on a bunch of other people and it was going going poorly, but then he finally gets it to work and he actually injects Pepper Potts with it to force because it's still a little unstable, so he injects Pepper Potts with it in order to force Tony to work on it to to fix it properly. Ah, uh, okay. And so, so Pepper has the power, and sh- that's how she's able to kill uh, Guy Pierce. Oh. I, so anyway, he glows a little bit, and it's sort of reddish, I guess. It's more orange, but yeah, there's no mask or, or hood or any sort of facial covering. So who's Ben Kingsley then? Oh, he's uh, he's an actor that Guy Pierce's character hires to to act like a supervillain. But he's not. He just does these. Um, this sounds like such a convoluted plan. What is this guy Pierce trying to do here? He's trying to get this superpower serum to to be like perfect, so that he, I guess he can sell it to the government or whatever, or just he can because he he had a disability in, that they show early in the film in a flashback scene, and so he wants to cure himself of it, and he winds up developing this super serum basically. Interesting. Is he like a uh, a like a a peer of Tony Stark? Uh, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Um. Okay. So good job there. We'll say. 
let's see, what sort of point system should we do here? Maybe like I, I mean, I lost a lot of points. Three, three, I didn't you, even get. You can get a max of three points. It wasn't even like the second in command. Oh yeah, there. Well, there was actually. Uh, there's a second in command dude, but he, he's not that consequential, really. So you're yeah. So I'll I think out of three, uh, I'll give you. I'll give you two, two points. Maybe one and a half points. No, two. <laughs> no, no. I don't think I should. Honestly, because I feel like yours was better on Jurassic Park. So you would... But you you missed some critical things, but you were almost spot on. You just missed, like... It was, like, the details of it. Okay. Uh, so I feel like yours was a higher score than mine. Uh, you should I get a higher I score think than you, mine. Like, you getting, like, the Pepper Potts thing, that... that as you were going through it, that surprised me that you you picked up on that. Um, the red mask thing surprised me just because <laughs> it was had, so wrong. <laughs> I, I, I almost was, busted. And I was. I almost busted and I was out stuck laughing. On it. You were stuck I was on like, it. This red. This red. I, I wanted to laugh the whole time. I was really waiting to get you on that. Uh, really looking forward to that. So I don't know. Let's do. I think. I think we're about even, so let's let's okay. let's say right, one fair. point each. Okay. Okay. Well, we're gonna go back to uh, a movie you've seen that I have not. Um, let's go with. Can I? Can we go to the top of the list? Here? I don't know. Oh, sure. How have you not seen this movie? Uh, Bad Boys. Yes. How have you not seen it? The first Bad Boys. Uh, That's what I really want to know. Oh. Because you love. Martin Lawrence so much. I do love Martin Lawrence, uh, mostly from uh, his, his TV show uh, on Fox from the '90s, um, and I, which I watched regularly um, back then. I think he was doing the TV show concurrent to when this movie came out. Uh, yeah, I love him. Will Smith as well. Yep, he was also on a sitcom right. at the time. Um, I didn't watch it back then because it was rated R, and my mom wouldn't let me. It's oh, too yes, young. Yes, yes. Makes uh, sense. And then it's a Michael Bay movie. I'm not a huge fan of his. Um, I know that this has a good reputation of being pretty cool and fun. Uh, so, I mean, that, that answers your, your question, hopefully. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Key story beats. Uh, and I'm going okay. to I'm gonna try to do this a little bit quicker, but... Um, so they're both cops. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so. I believe it's based in Miami. So I'm guessing that they uh-huh. are involved uh, with some sort of drug. Uh, there's some sort of large drug case. Okay. That they're that they're um, trying to handle. I mean that's that's a go-to plot in a lot of 90s movies some sort of some sort of kingpin in miami because it's miami i'm guessing it's drugs um and i believe i believe i remember that martin lawrence's character is married and will smith's is more of a player type type dude i believe martin lawrence's character is more more of a sort of uh, well, he's married. Um, um, their boss, I, I know, okay, they probably have some, uh, 
unorthodox ways of getting information, you know, being cops. I, I, because I, I know it's a sort of comedic, I bet they fuck around with people that they're about to arrest pretty frequently. Um, and I'm going to say I that someone in the police force is involved in the, in the big drug case. I'm going to guess. Uh, and... Uh, and I'm going to guess that the last scene or the last big thing is going to be a big set piece. I want to say on a highway uh, with a lot of guns, of course. Um, and they are, they don't kill, I'm going to say they don't kill the main kingpin dude. They do arrest him. Uh, and it ends with the. Um, it basically ends there, so I'll leave it at that. That's that's my thing. Damn. Mm, you might get a two on this one. What what um, did I get? Yeah. What did I get right? You what got, I wrong? You got some things very the even the ones you got wrong are very close to being right. Um original that you got right, drugs. Yep, drugs, easily. It was like I don't remember the amount but they were stolen from the police station. It was in the evidence locker. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and there was somebody in on it at the oh, police station. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got all that right. Um, there's definitely some good comedy, some great comedy involved. They do have some unorthodox <laughs> methods. Are, do they are, fuck with people as they're arrested? Like a, a little bit. A little yeah. ma- mainly the the fucking around comes with um one of their informants this guy they mess with him a lot um and i mean john sally i don't know if you remember who john sally is from the detroit pistons he they have a funny interaction with him he's like kind of an informant kind of not like a cooperative wit not a witness but he's in jail and they're like using his skills to help them out and there's a real funny confrontation between him and martin where john sally stands up and he's like like towering over Martin and Martin's threatening him <laughs> while he's towering over nice. him. Um, the, the big ending, it is not on a highway or freeway, but there was a freeway chase, but the ending happens on an airfield, which is like kind uh, of like highway. Okay. Um, and initially they, they were not going to kill the, the bad guy, but they do end up killing him because then he's like, tries to shoot them when they're walking away or something. He got like loose and then they do end up shooting him. But initially he was, they weren't going to kill him. Okay. But then they do end up killing him. Who in the, okay. So I got the, someone in the police force being involved, right? Yep. Yeah. Who is, who is it? Is it like a main character? Is it, is it a surprise when it, when that's revealed? Uh, it is actually, it is a surprise. So he, she is, she has like some kind of, I don't remember her exact role, but the connection is that she's like the girlfriend of an ex-cop. Because then they start going down the list of cops. They had like five days to find a, to to find the missing drugs before like internal affairs sh- like shuts them down. <laughs> you know, they, oh, wow. it's quite it's quite a setup. Um, and so they start going down like ex-comps and stuff they're like because initially like right away like it had to be an inside job whatever so yeah so she's connected to the ex 
to the ex-cop, and that's how they find out. Like John Sally's character is the one that does it through his like hacking abilities. Okay, and then that's how they find that out. So yeah, you got that one right. right. Um, their supervisor is pretty hilarious, Joe Pant, Pant- Joey Pantoliano. Joey Pants, Joey Pants, yeah, yeah Joey Pantoliano. Joey Pants, I think. <laughs> Joey Pants. Um, they got some hilarious interactions with the three of them. Those are pretty good. Okay. So you you give me a two on this. this I give you a two. You got a, almost all of it right, except for the for the ending, which you like almost yeah. got right. But they ended they like I said initially didn't kill him, but they he like got loose and tried to shoot one of them, so they shot him. Right. Uh okay. Well, let's let's flip back uh to a movie I've seen that you haven't, and I will I will hit you with the same. How have you not seen this movie? Uh, movie Titanic, directed by James Cameron. <sighs> How have you not seen this movie? Um, it came out, man, we were in high school, right? Right. Uh, I just wasn't that interested. It didn't, it didn't look great to me. Um, and then it's one of those things that was like, the more people are like, why haven't you seen it? You got to see it. Mm. And it makes me not want to see it. Yeah. You right? show them. Yeah. Mm, mm, no. Start digging your heels <laughs> in right. the sand. Well, I do want to ask you to resist the temptation to make a I bet it sinks in the end joke. If you don't mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Give, try to go, go for it. With the, with, well, I know, number with Leo, one. Leonardo. First, I'm going to say it probably does not make any references to the numerous conspiracy theories <laughs> of the Titanic sinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it does not. <laughs> Sorry, I said I want to. Yeah, give your give your rundown, and then I'll. Um. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it does not reference the Olympic, <laughs> the Titanic possibly being swapped with the Olympic. Listeners can go back and check uh, one of our episodes. I think it's in the eighties where we talked about the sinking conspiracy theory. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so let's see. Um, there's Billy Zane's character who seems to be from the previews and like from maybe some things that I've heard and social media and and the internet, he seems to be the bad guy somehow. Maybe he was involved with Kate Winslet. They came on the boat together as like first class passengers. Leo was obviously one of like, I don't remember all the classes, but he gets on there as like one of the, the low cabin people. Um, so they're in there together. Um, somehow they intermingle. I don't know how he ends up meeting Kate Winslet. That part is beyond me. Maybe like... Take a guess. Oh man, it's gotta be some kind of good meat cute, right? What's their meat cute gonna be? Maybe like... Leonardo was impersonating someone and went to some fancy ball, even though he wasn't supposed to be there. Some somebody was nice to him and like he wore their tuxedo and then he was being smooth and then billy zane it's like no i know who you are and like billy zane figures it out but yeah so initially maybe that's how they got like it's, it's some event on on the ship maybe and so then she doesn't know like nobody knows um but then how do they keep getting together see this is the part that like completely escapes me maybe that's how but then because they would be totally separate because of his status and her status. <sighs> right. 
But anyhow, somehow they get together. Maybe that way, maybe not. I know they, they get together, they end up falling in love. He paints her. Famously, he paints her in the nude. What, was she nude? I don't know. There's a painting. <laughs> this old lady. Oh, the old lady told the story, right? The old lady. The, oh, it's all a flashback, right? So maybe it's not 100% true because it's based on her memory of events. Hmm. So it's like some embellishment happening. Just some like rose-colored lenses here. Um, hmm. But <laughs> so there he's painting her in the nude. Billy Zane is looking for them and he knows where his cabin is and he busts in and he sees them and then him and Leo fight and Billy Zane's pretty big. So he wins that fight and punches him in the face. But in the you know, course of winning the fight, he loses Kate Winslet forever because she's like, man, I can't be with somebody like that. Uh. Like, I truly love Leo. Right. So then he's just mad at them. He's mad at her. Now his, his like amazing transatlantic trip has turned into his transatlantic nightmare. And Billy Zane's just mad. <laughs> Right, so then okay. he's com- complaining to all like his first class friends, and they're like, "Yeah, let's go rough them up." So then they go down, and they find Leo and the rest of his buddies, and they they fight them. They beat them up with the assistance of like the uh, Titanic police force because they're on their side. Um, so then that further separates Kate from Billy because she actually really hates him now, um, and then. You know, while they're fighting, that's when the traumatic events, they hit the iceberg, it starts sinking, and then Leo runs to Kate, and he, oh, I have seen this, I think I saw this part, like, he, he's in the water, right, there's not enough space for the two of them, so he's in the water, and he makes sure that she's in the raft, or on a board, or something, on something that's floating, but supposedly there's not enough space for him, too. But he makes sure that she's safe. And then that's it. And then she's like, loses that necklace. There was a necklace involved in the movie, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Man, okay. I'm going to get like a 0. 0.5 on this one. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's that's pretty good. I mean, your description is definitely a lot more violent than <laughs> the movie is. <laughs> Billy, every time I see like a picture of Billy Zane, like a still, he looks so angry, and I'm like, all, all uh, of the stills. No, I'd, I'd give you, I'd give you a, I think you get a two, I think you get a one point five on this. Um, yeah, the uh, you you correctly picked up on Billy Zane and Kate Winslet. They are together, and they do have substantial friction over the course of the movie in their relationship. Um, the the way they meet. Leo and uh, and Kate Winslet is actually a lot more like the way you described it is sort of like I'm picturing like sort of like bouncy jaunty music a lot of people smiling him sort of being mischievous uh, no she yeah. she uh, goes to throw herself overboard to commit suicide because she's so unhappy in her relationship oh, and gosh. he uh, he saved he stops her from doing it uh, you are sort of right in that Wait, that's you, so much worse yeah man you are sort of right in that billy zane and his fellow fellow wealthy people do rough him up um oh, yeah knew it but that's because they they walk in on him rescuing her not because he billy billy zane doesn't see the uh, nude painting i believe i have that right i really hope so um 
but he thinks that because he's holding her to prevent her from jumping over and they see that and they think that he's like accosting her um and she, and so they do rough him up at that point um but it's mm-hmm. it's not that much it's only a little bit and then they kind of just send him on his way oh, okay um so they were just like on she was on the deck going to throw herself over and he's just like admiring the scenery and walking around yeah basically okay um and he, he actually it's um yeah actually yeah okay something like that um yeah okay so the uh him being an asshole billy zane being an asshole does drive her away um but there's not really there's no violence really um and then you you cut to them being in the water uh you're right there she is on some sort of uh, it's not a boat it is some sort of floating piece of wood that he believes he won't fit on so he just sort of um he's like he's basically like okay you good you good on this all right later and he just slinks sinks into the water um yeah ba- yeah basically he sort can't of, even just hold on. He just like loses his. Grip well, he was he was also freezing to death. Um, so yeah, I, and then yeah, you're right. You are right that it was all a flash. It's all told in flashback with the old woman. So you, you're right there. Um, mm-hmm. The necklace is one that she's wearing when she's being painted. Uh, she's topless. I I believe. I think she might be naked, but the topless part was the main thing. Um, Scandalous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the necklace. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know what happens to the necklace. You're right. So you're right that there's some something with the necklace where it's some sort of totem, basically. Uh, yeah, there was some significance okay. to the necklace. I don't remember exactly what it was. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, you keyed you keyed in on the the stuff with Billy's aid. It is funny, funny you saying that. Like every photo you've seen from the movie of him, he's looking angry. Yeah, he's not <laughs> really angry a lot. He's just smug and a jerk. Mm. But okay, let's. Uh, I guess we probably don't need to get to all of these. This is this is pretty fun. So we'll save save some of these for for another episode. Um, but I'm gonna go back to. Let's see. Is there any one that you want to do in particular? Because um, otherwise, I guess I'll just go in order for Captain Marvel. Oh no, I'm moving down. I'm gonna give you. Okay. Take it. Let's go back in time. Never-ending story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. Never-ending story. Yes. Um. Oof. Now this is uh, an '80s fantasy movie from the era when '80s fantasy movies directed at kids were all kinds of fucked up and weird. And mm. I'm thinking like the the the, the black, this Dark Crystal. I'm thinking Labyrinth. I'm thinking Legend. Uh, Willow. I, I'll give you another clue, which I didn't actually realize that it's based off of a book, and it's a German book. So oh oh, oh okay well. um okay so all right general weirdness I know it involves a kid and some sort of big dog dragon dog dragon <laughs> creature um 
I believe I did hear that the dog dog dragon is his name is Atreyu. Is that right? I'm Actually, okay, sorry. Yeah, don't don't tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. Uh, okay, so kid, uh, '80s movies. So I'm gonna guess that the kid's uh, basically a loner. Uh, has uh, um, maybe some drama going on in his family life with his parents. Um, I don't know how he gets into this fantasy world. I'm going to guess there's some sort of portal. Since it's called The Never Ending Story, I'm going to guess that it relates to a book. Book somehow unlocks a portal to crazy, crazy fantasy world. Um, he's getting attacked. He gets attacked by something there and Atreyu saves him. And he becomes friends. And, and Atreyu, Atreyu is also kind of a loner. Because uh, he's this big, weird, scary-looking thing, nightmare fuel dog dragon. Uh, so they sort of, they can sort of connect on that. And as far as the big bad, this is a, a complete shot in the dark. Um, I'm gonna say the big bad in this fantasy world is like a, a per like a person, not like another weird animal hybrid. Um, I'm gonna say it's a person, like a like a wizard type person who's who's got this world under under some sort of uh, control or dominion, and I'm gonna say in the end that they don't they don't necessarily kill the wizard outright, um, but they do. Maybe there's another faction of beings there and they help them sort of overpower and it's maybe it's unclear at the end but it's it's optimistic uh and then he's able to get back into his world and there's going to be some sort of totem or something from atreyu maybe maybe a necklace not not a necklace like from titanic um but something <laughs> something that he has from this world that he has a, a, he can remember and he can remember atreyu with and uh, he has more confidence in his life, and he goes and I don't know helps his parents so that they don't get divorced or something. I'll I'll leave it there. Wow. Okay. That was pretty good. Okay. Um, you got the name Atreyu correct, but it's attributed to the wrong character. Oh. Um. <laughs> Okay. Uh, dog dragon is actually a luck dragon, and his name is Falcor. Okay. Um, Atreyu is the hero main character of the book. That the you were right, the loner kid. He was getting bullied. He ran to escape the bullies. He runs into this like bookstore, and he finds the book, takes it upstairs, and so he goes into this fantasy world. So you got all that right. So the book does um, open a portal to the fantasy world? It, or is this yes, all just him reading it and it's his imagination? No, it does technically open up a portal. He just doesn't believe it and he doesn't realize it that, oh, man, this it gets like kind of convoluted. But what they're searching for is actually searching for him, someone from like an outside realm, and they have to give the princess a new name in order for her to survive. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> so Atreyu was sent by the princess to go on this mission. Wait, who is Atreyu? Uh, Atreyu was the hero, the young hero. Oh, okay. And the world is dying. 
and what is killing the world and what's attacking the world, taking over the world is uh, a force called the nothing. Okay. Um, Does it involve and the nothing? There is no wizard, but there's like Oracle. No, the nothing does send the giant wolf to attack Atreyu, though, to try and stop him from completing his mission. Um, in the end, his parents aren't divorced. His mother is dead, and it's just him and his dad. And his dad like doesn't pay him enough attention, really. Okay. Um, he does. What did? You didn't say he gets revenge, right? No, I did not. He does in the end, like, magically, Falcor comes back to his world. I think it's like Pacific Northwest. I want to say it's like Seattle-ish, but maybe not. The, um, Falcor, he does? The, the dragon comes back to the real world? Yeah, and like, attacks the bullies. He has like, he what? wishes the dragon. To, yeah, yeah. And he's like, something like that. It like, scares the bullies. <laughs> So does so does Falcor stay in the real world? Is he hanging out with the kid? No, like part of it is like he's like part of that world now and the real world. So, but he has these wishes. So he brought Falcor to scare them, and like the other wish was to restore the world. Uh, old Wait, Fantasia. How like, does he get the wishes? Because he finally figures out that he's a part of the story, like you said, like he is in it. He oh. just didn't believe he was in it. So then he renames the princess, and then she comes to him in like the attic where he's reading the book. And then why is with, it so important for the princess to get a new name? I don't know. That <laughs> might be in the book somewhere. Like that part was weird. Why she has to be named by someone from out? And then when I I I was reading about it because I had to go back and it's like let me read this again. Right? So I guess like apparently the nothing is like a manifestation of the loss of hopes and dreams and like childhood. Oh, like it was, it was, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, actually, I want to go back and watch it now. I think it's on Netflix again. <laughs> I got to go back and rewatch this, that dog dragon. I do remember looking at that dog dragon, like, man, he's weird as shit. So the, but, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. So what are the bullies? How do the bullies react to this thing? They just like run away. I do have this vivid image in my head. They're like running down an alley, and he's like chasing them down the alley on the back of the track. <laughs> Damn! Does, it, does he breathe fire? No, no, he doesn't do anything like that. Okay, he's like, help, he's like just like a flying dragon. That's helpful, you know. Okay. <laughs> so you did pre- you did pretty well on uh, that one. Like maybe 1. you, you missed like all the strange details. Like yeah, I'll give you like a one point five. Okay, that's good. All right. Uh, well, let's do let's do one more, uh, and then we'll wrap up. And I will also take you back to the past a little, little bit for a little oh, bit further shit. though. Let's do Godfather Part Two. Oh gosh! Now you've seen Part One, is that right? right? Okay. Uh, okay, Godfather Part Two, go. Um, so in this one, I believe his name is Michael, Al Pacino's character. Michael's in charge for real now. He's finally accepted his role. It's like the head of the family. Um, this one I know, um, is in competition as the original one to be the best. People are always like, you know, some people like this one the best, some people like the first the best. 
but I guess they're both, you know, um, have their attributes, even though I've never seen this one. Um, so Michael, I don't know. I guess he, he continues the family business. Maybe he tries to expand the family business and make them even more powerful and increase their reach and just their dominion and dominance over everyone. Um, I'm going to say at some point he has to make a big decision and it's probably somewhere um, somehow involving like his loyalty to the family and, you know, overall and his loyalty to an individual. Um, And he's probably going to choose the family and either kill the individual or something, something like that happens. He's betrayed perhaps at some point. And he's tested by rivals. He best he bests all of his rivals. Um, at some point, there's probably some political action back and forth. He wins that battle as well. Um, I don't remember if this is the one where he keeps saying, well, it's not that I don't remember. I don't know. This is the one <laughs> where he's like, I thought I was out and they pulled me right back in. Maybe that's part three where he keeps saying that. Um, but I think this is the one where he takes full control, but maybe by the end, he's like, you know what? I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't like, I don't like, you know, being like this and having to behave like this. And I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Hmm. Um, so maybe he tries to get out in the end of this one. And that's how it leads to him saying that all the time in the third one. But, um, but they won't let him in this one because there's no one to take over. Maybe he tries to groom a successor in this one, but the successor is just disappointing. They can't find a suitable successor. Or maybe that's, yeah, and that's that's it. And it ends with him just being alone and isolated because I feel like maybe he there's something that happens that causes him to lose trust in the people that he previously trusted. Um, and he's just like, you know, a man on an island now. That's it. I don't. I don't know. No idea. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was that was good. Little light on specifics. I have no specifics. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what the, what the but, plot is. Of this but one. Uh, no, you you definitely you got some key things right, and in and in, 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 oh, fuck in an interesting way. Um. Yeah, you're right that they he's he does have control of the whole family. He does look to expand. Um, that's that's totally right. Um, what was the last thing you were saying? Oh, uh, isolated an island. Yeah, you got that. To- you got that right. Like dead on. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far and then uh, as oh the <laughs> uh, every time I think I'm out, I'm out, they pull me back in. Uh, that is from. Part three. Uh, he doesn't okay. say it a lot. It's, <laughs> he says it once. Um, it's just that uh, other places have. Yeah, it's a very quotable. It's a well-known quotable uh, from part three. Um, he, he, you are incorrect that he tries to get out towards the end or um, or groom successor. Uh, there's nothing oh, like okay. that. Dang. He, he doesn't. Um, he has kids, but they're pretty. They're pretty young in in this one. Uh, and there's no other successor he's trying to groom. He he definitely wants to stay in charge, and he definitely is, stays in. So you're wrong there. Um, but you were right in an interesting way about him having to pick 
like for the a there being a betrayal um and him having to pick um the family over this outside thing or related to the betrayal uh and him killing somebody so the betrayal actually comes from within his family um ah. uh and I won't specify who, just in case you you, you do want to see it. But um, uh, yes, there is a betrayal that comes from within his family, and he does have that first person killed. Um, so you were right. Yeah, you were right about that. Uh, and I think that was, I think that was the majority of your beats that you mentioned. Yeah, I didn't but say it. I, you left out a, a very big part of it. Um, uh, De Niro's in this movie. There and What's the, his role? so the, this movie, um, it it cross cuts throughout the whole throughout the entirety of the the movie. It goes back in time. Um, it's a lot. Some of the scenes are with Michael. Uh, you're right. Yeah, you got the name right. Um, with him expanding like that story, that main storyline that you described. But there's also this whole other storyline that's set back in oh. I want to say the early 1900s. De Niro, right. De Niro right. plays uh, the head, the initial head of the Corleone crime family. That I forgot about that. He's the young version of Vito, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the young. Yeah, guy. man, I knew that too, and I completely forgot. Oh, about you did? It. I knew that that De Niro had played that role, right? But I guess I didn't. I didn't think where it fit in into the Godfather universe. Yes. Right. So this is so it's switching back and forth between the present and like the building of the family. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Makes me kind of want to watch it more. And I would say that the 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 stuff in the past, those scenes probably make up about thirty three percent of the movie, and the present day stuff makes like makes up the other sixty six percent. What's the runtime on this one? Like two hours or two? Oh, and a half? it's long. Longer uh, than the, I remember that first one. Two, so I I would guess two forty five. <sighs> yeah, it's very good though, very very good. It'll fly by. Not like the uh, Irishman two forty five. Oh God. Uh, it's no, it's way way better than the Irishman. The because the Irishman's two forty five feels like it's about seven forty five. <laughs> And uh, The Godfather Part Two's 2.45 feels more like... Oh, it says 3.22 on the internet. Well, the thing is, there's different versions of it. Um, like, the, the version that was released in the films, like, there's... it's. I think the version that you'll find online is, like, a more expanded version from the original theatrical. Um, damn, 3.22. That, that, yeah. that, that surprises me. That, I guess that must be the expanded version. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's not on Netflix, so I'm not sure where you'd be able to find it, but it's definitely worth hunting down. Well, hmm. you know, that, that does actually make me want to watch it more now realizing that it's like the back and forth between the two timelines. Cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. Well, that's, this has been the first, what do you think happened? Hmm? What do you think? Maybe without the voice. <laughs> voice stays. Um. Yeah. So that's good. Uh. You know, we have. I mean, we have like 
six six or seven more that we didn't even get to so we can do this again maybe we'll do it next next time yeah this was pretty good um cool all right any closing thoughts eat something green eat something green drink some water avoid drinking wine to excess (laughs) um and i think i'm gonna go get some more popeyes Hmm. don't hurt your tummy yeah it's all good i'll counterbalance it with some i did you know i actually did buy some broccoli the other day so you ate it i have that it's in my fridge i i I have not yet there i've not yet gotten to it i'll have some later today i trust you i know you will (laughs) (laughs) this is podcast we have (laughs) 